Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Roto-World Baseball Podcast. I'm DJ Short, and I'm joined here by Drew Silva. Just a little over one week remaining in the regular season. Uh, we have head-to-head playoffs heating up in fantasy leagues, the home stretch for other formats, and of course, still some uncertainty remaining as far as the postseason's concerned. So uh, it's an interesting time. What's going on, Drew? I, yeah, I benched uh, Rugnied or Odor in a very important league last night. Well done. Where I'm... No, it was not well done. (laughs) (laughs) He had a grand slam, and it's like both of our – it's a head-to-head, like, kind of friends league, but there's some money in it. Or, you know, there's not really money in it, but there could be money in it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I hear you. And and it's just like that would have made a big difference because both of our offenses have been really – no, no one cares about this. Let's move on. (laughs) <laughs> it's all good it's that time of year i'm, I'm actually in yeah. a, i'm in a head-to-head league uh where i'm in the finals right now and somehow my team hasn't hit a home run all week i have zero home runs for my entire roster so uh i don't know if there's a path to victory in that one at this point but uh yeah yeah this is this is a i mean this is when like you, especially in like head-to-head leagues like that you kind of wait all year for these final few weeks because it's not really that exciting <laughs> um, right those head-to-head matchups until you act, until it actually means something. I'm streaming pitchers. I'm making desperation moves. I'm picking up Matt Olson and Hunter <laughs> Renfro. Right, right. I mean, Olson's been insane. He's been yep. out of this world. I think the last. I think maybe last week we were talking about him saying maybe he's going to be an under the radar guy going into 2018. I'm not so sure anymore <laughs> at, the, yeah, at this point, yeah. unfortunately. Right. Um, but as far as regular baseball playoff races. Uh, the Yankees have jumped out in front of the pack recently in the wild card race, so they have that number one spot pretty much sewn up at this point. Uh, nobody really playing great beyond that in that wild card mix. The Twins hold the second spot for now, but the Angels are kind of right in that same mix. The Rangers as well, but none of them are really playing that great. Um, as far as other races, you know, you look at the National League wild card, the NL Central not really decided yet. Hopefully, we have a little bit of drama with those spots as well. Yeah, I mean, the AL wildcard is just a mess. I have to assume that the Twins can lock this up because the Angels just, like, don't have starting rotation pieces. I mean, they've been kind of getting by with just throwing a bunch of relievers at the problem. They're starting Bud Norris this weekend. I saw that. Uh, yeah. That's not, I don't know if that's good. but uh... You know, but so that's kind of like a pillow fight. Um, I guess the NL wildcard could get interesting between the Brewers and Rockies and maybe the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, the, the, the Brewers and Cubs have a big four-game series that kicks off tonight. Um, that has a lot of implications. So you know, there's there's some some interesting baseball over this over this final week to pay attention to. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pretty unfortunate about Jimmy Nelson. 
yeah suffered that shoulder injury diving back into first base kind of like a I mean it was a fluky play when he dove into the base it didn't look like anything was really wrong uh he put like his head down and I thought like maybe he was laughing when like he dove back into the base but actually Mm. tore that shoulder and it looks like he's gonna miss part of next year as well uh and that's a real shame because he had a, a breakout year and the Brewers could definitely use him right now as they try to make things interesting I mean they've been they've definitely exceeded any expectations you could have had for them coming into the year and and still have a shot with a week to go so they've done a great job yeah I mean they kind of control their own destiny um they could either you know take three or four from the Cubs and make it interesting in the division or you know win a couple games and you're still right in that wild card hunt with you know the final week of the season to play yeah, so hopefully we have some drama these final few days. Uh, we're going to get into some headlines here in a second. But before we do, the usual reminder, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Audio Boom, etc. And if you like the show and you listen on Apple Podcasts, make sure to rate and review the show as well. Uh, so we're going to start out here with a high-profile return. Uh, that Cubs-Brewers series, Jake Arrieta has been sidelined since early September with the right hamstring strain, but he's slated to make his return Thursday night. Uh, we're actually recording this uh, early thurs- or late Thursday afternoon, so uh, you guys will know the results of, the, of that start you know, before this show comes out. But uh, Arietta was cleared to return after making it through a bullpen session on Tuesday. Of course, the minor league season's over, so... Hasn't been able to get properly stretched out. Probably not going to have his usual workload uh, right out of the gate here. So, uh, But still, huge for the Cubs to get him back, get a couple of starts under him uh, going into the playoffs, but also to wrap up that NL Central. Yeah, the Cubs are saying 75 to 80 pitches, um, which is not ideal for fantasy purposes, but Arietta was on a roll before that injury. Um, 2.01 ERA since the beginning of July. After finishing the month of June with a 4.67 ERA, um, so he's really had a nice second half. He's an impending free agent who will be looking to cash in big this winter. Um, he's going to be up there with the top tier of available starters like you, Darvish. I'd put in that tier. Yep. Maybe Alex Cobb, um, Lance Lynn, maybe a, a rung below. Yeah. And then there's a really substantial drop off. So I think those four guys are going to see a lot of money. Yeah. Alex Cobb's kind of a sneaky one. Uh, yeah, I could see all the big, you know, the big spenders in on him. Uh, well, every every team's loaded, and every team needs starters. Like those guys are going to get paid. And I mean, I was looking through the free agent list earlier today. It's it gets real bad after that. It does. It does. So uh, yeah, a lot riding on this down the stretch for him. Um, you know, so big big for fantasy owners to get him back. I mean. I think probably he'll make maybe one more start next week. I guess at the, yeah, probably one more start next week. So yeah, it c- kind of depends how this you know series against the Brewers goes. If they if the Cubs win three of four, I could see them. I don't know. Maybe they make him make all their starters make like three inning right. uh, outings stuff like that. That's yeah. that's why it's nice when fantasy leagues end a week before the final week. Right. Yep. Because yeah, I mean, there's a lot of teams that have already clinched that are going to use that final week to rest guys and you know arrange their schedules for the postseason yeah definitely something to think about and uh sort of on a similar topic another big name making his way back bryce harper uh of course he suffered a bone bruise in his right knee after slipping on the first base bag back on august 12th uh as i mentioned with arietta minor league season's over so the nationals have had him testing himself in simulated games have been taking batting practice even ran the bases on wednesday which is obviously a good sign uh, the Nationals aren't going to push things with Harper, but it sounds like he has a legitimate chance to get some at-bats here, uh, you know, in the final week of the season. 
I don't know if you're counting on much from a fantasy perspective, but uh, it would certainly be ideal from the Nationals' perspective to have them shake the rust with some at-bats, you know, with the speed of Major League games as opposed to a simulated game, just to kind of get that out of the way before the postseason begins. Yeah, Dusty Baker said Harper's timing looked off in his first simulated game on Tuesday, but um, all of the beat writers that were watching him take batting practice on Wednesday said he was hitting bombs to yeah. to both sides of the field. But yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense to get him several real at bats before the postseason. That would be like probably late, mid to late next week. Um, they can be careful about overworking him defensively and on the bases, you know, using pinch runners and subbing him out on defense. Um, I, I, I think we'll see him make like ten at bats over the final four games, um, just just using him very carefully and making sure he's at 100%. So shifting gears from big-name returns, I know you had a couple of sluggers you wanted to mention here to start out with. Well, yeah, I mean, Giancarlo Stanton um, is kind of you know an interesting story. It's It's been a rough second half for the Marlins, but they do have a couple of players sitting among the MLB leaders in, in two of the biggest fantasy categories, stolen bases, D. Gordon with 55, which ranks second overall, and then home runs is, is Stanton, your obvious leader. Uh, slugged his 56th home run of the season on Wednesday night against the Mets. Also had an RBI single in, uh, in what was a three-RBI day. Um, he's up to 120 RBIs for the season, by the way, which ranks second among all MLB hitters behind only Nolan Arenado, who has 125. But, the, yeah, the big story here is Stanton's pursuit of 60 home runs or maybe even – the Roger Maris mark at 61. Um, he'd be the first player to, to do that since Barry Bonds set the single seed and home run record in 2001. Sammy Sosa uh, had 64 that year. Stan has 10 games left to accomplish the feat, and I think while that might make it seem unlikely that he hits five to six home runs in that stretch, three of them are at power-friendly Chase Field in Phoenix, Arizona this weekend, and then he has three next week in the thin air of Coors Field. Hmm. So there's a pretty legit shot, um, something to watch at least over the final week. Yeah, I I could definitely see that happening. He was actually pretty cold in September uh, leading into that series against the Mets. All he needed was a series against the Mets to (laughs) to get hot. Um, Actually, actually 20 of his 120 RBIs this season have come against the Mets. Uh, So one-sixth of his RBI total also has eight homers against the Mets this season. So uh, he owes a thank you note to to the Mets pitching staff. Yeah, and then um, Padres outfielder Hunter Renfro, uh, who was optioned to the minors in mid-August amid a terrible offensive slump, um, absolutely crushed the ball during his three-week stay at AAA El Paso, batting 509 with an OPS near 1500. Um, got recalled on Monday after El Paso was eliminated from the Pacific Coast League playoffs, and since that promotion, he has belted four home runs in three games. Um, thanks in large part to a three-homer game Wednesday night against the Diamondbacks. Uh, plate discipline remains a huge issue for Renfro. Um, he's currently batting 234 with a 290 base percentage in 114 games this season at the major league level with a strikeout rate near 30%. But you know, at this time of year, we can deal in small sample sizes. You know, There's a little over one week left in the regular season, and Renfro has the ability to guide fantasy teams to championships with the bat, especially if you're if you're in a head-to-head type of league or you need to make up some some home run um, totals. He's available in 81% of Yahoo leagues. So if you're still alive and your league plays out the final week, which it shouldn't, 
Um, <laughs> there might be a big power boost sitting there on the waiver wire. Yeah, I mean, I think if you need a power boost, he's good good of an ad as any, uh, especially in leagues where maybe you know people really kind of stop paying attention. He was dropped. Uh, he still might be out there in a lot of leagues. Uh, another young bat, which I I thought was pretty interesting to see the Orioles call him up in September, Austin Hayes. Um, he earned his way to the majors after a huge season between high A and double A. It was actually their third round pick from last year. Hayes hit three twenty nine with thirty two homers and a nine fifty eight OPS this year. So. You know, he's one of those prospects who've improved their stock the most this season, probably among a handful of guys who've improved their stock the most. Um, probably one of the Orioles' top prospects at this point, uh, if not the top prospect. Um, I wasn't sure how much playing time Hayes was going to get when they called him up, but he's really started to stake his claim on the starting right field job. Recently hit safely in four straight games, uh, including three straight multi-hit games before taking an offer on Wednesday. Uh, still, I think he's worth paying attention to in deeper formats. You know, if you have five outfielders, a couple utility spots, that sort of thing. Uh, and obviously for 2018 and beyond, uh, for the Orioles to add him to the 40-man roster uh, this soon, I think it's, I think he's really in their plans for next year. Yeah, moved into the leadoff spot on Wednesday, but then went 0 for 4, so I don't know if he'll, he'll keep that spot. Right. Um, he beat their entire 2000. 14 draft class to the majors and their entire 2015 class to the majors and obviously 2016 class so he was a really fast riser yeah. and you know one of the few september call-ups who might actually give you something over the final week of the season just because he's getting regular playing time uh what else you got let's talk about billy hamilton uh he expressed frustration tuesday that the reds medical staff wanted to slow his rehab schedule from that fractured left thumb that he suffered during the first week of September. Um, he said he felt like he was ready to take live batting practice and the Reds medical staff didn't. Um, but obviously somebody in management heard his complaints. Uh, these aren't actually bad complaints either. He just wants to play uh, because he was activated off the disabled this Wednesday. Um, I don't know how many starts he's going to get the rest of the way because the last place Reds don't want to risk this thing lingering into the 2018 season with some type of re-injury. Um, you know, they want him to have a fairly normal winter, but he had been hitting off a tee and doing all other baseball activities. So maybe we will see him make a start or two in the final week. Probably not something to count on if you have to set your lineup on, on Monday or, or Sunday. Um, but he can at least pinch run, and he is currently one stolen base away from setting a new career high. Um, you got to figure the Reds are going to let him try to reach that goal, um, even if you know they're they're just using him late in games. Um, you know w- when someone gets on base, just just to try to rack up those stolen base numbers because that's what he wants to do. I mentioned D Gordon earlier as the guy with the second most stolen bases in baseball, and Hamilton ranks first right now with 58. Another guy fantasy owners shouldn't necessarily count on is Corey Seager with the Dodgers. He's been. Uh, bothered by right elbow discomfort for quite a while now, but he fouled the ball off his left ankle on Wednesday. Fortunately, x-rays came back negative on that, but he was held out of the lineup on Thursday and figures to miss a couple of days. Um, you know, the Dodgers obviously didn't need him to be as close to 100% as possible leading into the playoffs, especially as he manages that elbow. So, uh, you know, they're not going to take any chances with him. So I think it's smart to get a backup plan in place if you haven't already. Fortunately, shortstop, there's 
some pretty good options that are widely available right now in shallow leagues. There's you know hot hitter like Tim Anderson, uh, Jose Reyes, who's uh, eligible in multiple positions. There's Drupal Cabrera, Ozzy Albies, uh, Freddie Galvis, Jed Jerko. Jerko just came off the disabled list, so these guys are people you can plug in at multiple spots. Uh, maybe offer some pop or some speed. So there are some fill-in options if you know you're going to be without Seager for the final week or so. Yeah, the Dodgers just dropped three of four to the Phillies, almost got swept uh, on Thursday afternoon before making a late comeback. So they did they did emerge from that like horrible losing streak, but I think there's still some lingering concerns about this team, and, and injuries are one of them. Justin Turner left Thursday afternoon's game in Philadelphia after getting hit on the right thumb by a pitch. X-rays turned up negative, but you know, he, he might have to rest up for a bit. Um, those thumb injuries can have lingering effects. Yeah, so, I mean, they did kind of turn things around, right, the ship a little bit. But uh, seeing the Phillies, uh, you know, yeah. they've, they've actually been pretty exciting to watch this week, the Phillies. They have, man, they have. They, that, that, that lineup is kind of impressive with Reese Hoskins, Aaron Altairs hitting the ball well. Yeah, Odubel Herrera, you know, gets yeah. on base, has some pop, made that awesome catch uh, to end the game Wednesday. So they're, they're pretty exciting. If they got some pitching... I mean, they do have Aaron Nola there, who's impressive, but they need some help behind him. They're they're going to spend big money this winter on pitchers. Yeah. And, like, Lance Lynn, Alex Cobb, those are the kind of guys that they're going to go after. And they have money, they, they have money yeah. to spend, too. So They definitely do, yeah. They're a team to watch, for sure. Uh, just to transition into a couple of pitchers who are really rolling right now, how about Daniel Migden with the Athletics? Uh, spun seven scoreless innings against the Tigers on Wednesday. This is after he threw a shutout last time against the Phillies. So now he has a 16 and a third inning scoreless streak going. Uh, Mingden was actually interesting for a brief time last year before things went south in a hurry. He actually finished with a 6-5-0 ERA in 14 starts. Uh, still, he struck out 72 batters in 71 innings. So he was someone worth paying attention to coming into the spring. But he actually began this year on the disabled list due to a fractured foot. And then he missed some time in the minors due to a stress reaction in his rib cage. But hard to argue with a 0.82 ERA through three September starts. Uh, we're not talking about an overpowering guy. He kind of relies more on his deception with like funky delivery. Uh, and he's a quirky guy, even going beyond the mustache. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But you look at Mingdon's schedule coming up here. Uh, lines up for two more starts. Gets the Mariners next Tuesday. Uh, and then lines up to finish the season against the Rangers next Sunday. Again, this is probable, so we'll see how things go. But as far as two-start options go, who are widely available, he's, yeah. a, he's a really solid one. He's available in 90% of Yahoo leagues right now. Yeah, he was awesome in the minors last year like era in the ones between double a and triple a was on my radar this spring as like a possible mid-season mid-season waiver pickup or even just a streaming candidate i love streaming a's pitchers as does everybody like you said got off to a nice start at nashville then there was the stress reaction in the rib cage um when he got sent back down so he's really flying under the radar now and what could have been a completely lost 2017 for him i I think he's staked a claim on an opening day rotation spot next year. And I, I think he'll be a pretty interesting guy um, in, in late in, late in drafts uh, next spring. I think he's the kind of guy, you know, with the funky delivery. He's someone who can enjoy success, you know, maybe the first or second yeah. time that he sees teams. But maybe teams get more of a look at him and they kind of figure him out. But certainly as we finish up the season here, I think he's worth adding. 
And like, who who knows? The Rangers could be out of contention. You know, when he faces them in the final weekend, they might not play Adrian Beltre. Yeah. Maybe they'll have shut down Joey Gallo. Like, you don't know what those lineups are going to look like. True. True. I'll talk about um, Luke Weaver, who's right. been balling. <laughs> um, Unbelievable. Turned it. Yeah, turned another good start Wednesday night in Cincinnati. Held the Reds to two runs over five innings for a seventh straight win. He probably could have worked deeper into that game, but the Cardinals had a huge lead at that point, so they just pulled him. Uh, struck out seven, issued zero walks for the third consecutive outing with no walks. Um, the 24-year-old is now 7-1 and one with a 2.05 ERA and 65-11 to 11 strikeout-to-walk ratio over 52 innings this season. Um, he does have a tough couple of matchups to close out the regular season the Cubs at home the Brewers at home um, but he looks so sharp at the moment that I would probably go ahead and keep using him um, those are big games for the Cardinals if, if they're going to have any chance of sneaking into the postseason Weaver was a consensus top 70 prospect leading into the 2017 season but I think he was kind of overshadowed by Alex Reyes before Reyes needed Tommy John surgery just before the start of spring training and I think Weaver's emerging as a future frontline starter for, for St. Louis. Or actually, he might already be that if we're going by the, the small sample he's shown this year. Um, former first-round pick out of Florida State, has a high 90s fastball, uh, hit 98 multiple times on Wednesday night, plus a solid changeup, curveball, and a cutter that he throws every once in a while. Pretty legitimate four-pitch arsenal. He had a 1.99 ERA in 275 career minor league innings, so this isn't like a fluky thing. Um, locked into a rotation spot for 2018, and I'm interested to see what the average draft position looks like next spring. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. He pitches in a pitcher-friendly park. Uh, there's good win potential there, you know, assuming the Cardinals are an above-average team again. I, I, I don't know. I mean, he, it seems like he hasn't gotten a lot of hype because he was never really, like, the Cardinals' top prospect. Right. Uh, but he, he's, he's good. He's, he's a really well-rounded pitcher who throws strikes. I remember sort of from the small sample last year, his first call-up, home runs really hurt him. Yeah. Um, but he's done a really good job keeping the ball on the ground so far. Um, so if he can do that for a full season next year, I mean, he could really be something for sure. Super lanky guy. Almost reminds me of Tim Lincecum without the funky delivery. Hmm. Just a minor thing here before we get into some streaming options for the weekend. We saw a couple of contract extensions for pitchers this week, and we'll start with Marco Estrada with the Blue Jays. Estrada was poised to become a free agent this winter, kind of below that rung of some of the guys you mentioned earlier, Cobb and, and Lance Lynn, um, after finishing out a two-year $26 million contract. But the Blue Jays signed him to a one-year $13 million extension this week. This hasn't been a great year for Estrada. He has a 4.84 ERA through 31 starts, but he's been better recently. 3.74 ERA over his last 11 starts, so finishing the year strong. And I think if anything, this shows that the Blue Jays aren't necessarily ready to blow things up. I think they're a team that that could go that direction. Maybe trade Josh Donaldson and see what they could get. Um, but to me, it looks like they plan to compete next year. Yeah, I mean, that team could go either way. Yep. Um, but I, I think it's they kind of looked at that middle tier starting pitcher market and they're like, all right, we'll give 13 million to Marco Estrada I mean, and, yeah. and hope take your chances, yeah, hope for a rebound. Cause it's not like they're going to get anyone better than that unless they're willing to spend big money this winter. Yeah. Um, the other one was uh, Clayton Richard who signed a new two year deal with the Padres that comes with a $6 million guarantee. He has an ugly 4.82 ERA in 185 innings this season. 
but obviously the durability has been good. You know, the last time he went 200 innings was back in 2012, which was a very good season for him. Yeah. And the peripherals suggest he's been a victim of some bad luck here in 2017. I mean, he 2.7 walks per nine innings is very good. A 59.1% ground ball rate. Um, you can blame, I think, part of that high ERA on a 348 batting average on balls in play against him. Hmm. Um, so that's a pretty low-risk deal at $6 million over two years on a pitcher who I think stands to bounce back in the runs allowed department next season assuming he can just pitch like he has this year. Of course, there's been all sorts of injury issues uh, over the last four or five years, um, so who knows. But, you know, the Padres can lock in young starters like Luis Perdomo and Denel Sen-Lamette into their rotation for next year, and now they have Richard there as well. After that, I don't know. Travis Wood has not been good. But, you know, Petco Park is a fairly attractive place for starters looking to rebuild some value, so... They should have have some options on that lower end of the free agent market. Yeah, I mean, I think they're just signing him to eat some innings. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think there might be a little bit of bounce back potential there. Probably not at the point where he'd be a mixed league guy. Um, no, but you know, maybe a, a streamer in in the right matchups at, at in San Diego. Right. Uh, so before we go on the topic of streamers, just like last week, we're going to get into some options here for the weekend. And you won this one last week. I, I picked Dylan Peters. I <laughs> uh, threw a dud for the Marlins. Uh, you had Tyler Anderson, who was awesome for the Rockies. So uh, kudos to you for that. Um, I also recommended that people start Aaron Wilkerson on Wednesday night, though, and he, he did not pitch well. Okay, to be fair. To be fair. <laughs> yeah. uh, Peters was actually okay early, uh, and then it just everything collapsed on him, and his defense was didn't do him any favors so uh he didn't pitch as bad as the line suggested but still that was kind of a dud for me but uh hopefully i redeem myself this week i actually mentioned a bunch of streaming possibilities in this week's waiver wire came out thursday afternoon i think i put maybe seven or eight pitchers to keep in mind who are available in more than 50 percent of yahoo leagues but i'm gonna throw my weight behind herman marquez with the rockies this time around there was some concern that maybe he was hitting a wall you know being fatigued but uh he was fine last time out against the Giants. Uh, makes a start against the Padres in San Diego this weekend. Uh, that's pretty much a gimme kind of matchup. Padres, bad team, bad offense. Uh, they have the third highest strikeout rate in the majors. Uh, Marquez's secondary numbers have been pretty good, even amid the concerns about his production kind of falling off. Strikeout to walk ratio has still been pretty good. So I think it's a really good match. And Marquez, as of Thursday afternoon, uh, only owned in about 31% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, yeah, 31%. So uh, still a good chance he's out there in shallow leagues, even maybe some deeper ones too. Yep. Um, mine is John Gant uh, of the Cardinals. The Cardinals moved uh, Jack Flaherty, one of their bigger pitching prospects, into the bullpen for the remainder of the season due to concerns about his overall workload. So John Gant will fill his rotation spot for the final week of the regular season, beginning this Sunday against the Pirates, who rank 28th in runs scored. Um, Gant was acquired from the Braves over, over the winter in the Jaime Garcia trade, which was kind of just a salary dump, but he had a decent season at AAA Memphis, posting an ERA in the threes and 99 strikeouts in 103 innings. Um, the 25-year-old right-hander has a 3.42 career ERA in the minors with nearly a strikeout per inning. Former Met I think, farmhand. Yeah, right. Uh, he's bounced around quite a bit. Uh, I, I think there's some good win potential here against a, a Pirates team that's not playing for anything and a Cardinals team that is still kind of playing for something. 
Um, and he might give you some strikeouts without hurting your ERA. I think just a, a solid guy to plug in there and and hope to outscore your opponent if you're in, in like a head-to-head league. Yeah, I mean, I love the matchup uh, against the Pirates. I almost put Gant in, in waiver wired on Thursday. Um, I, my only concern about that start is like how far he's going to pitch into the game. Um, yeah. Since it is so important for the Cardinals, um, I don't know how many pitches Gant's thrown recently. And I know they have Flaherty in the bullpen now, and Adam Wainwright's status is kind of weird right now too. So they have some like piggyback kind of options. Um, but I love the matchup. I think it's one, if you're in kind of final day desperation mode, I think it's one of the better matchups out there for sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, they have 14 pitchers in the bullpen. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, they'll probably do a quick hook with him if he gets into some trouble. But that's kind of the, the same situation for a lot of guys this time of year. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I think that will do it for this week. We'll be back next week for our final show of the regular season. I'm sure we'll do our usual check-in on headlines around the league, but we'll also try to wrap things up uh, on the season as a whole and maybe even look ahead a little bit to 2018 as well. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, if you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at DJ Short and Drew is at Drew Silf, and we'll see you next time. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.